Hey folks, let's talk a little bit about the history of Costa Rica. Costa Rica's indigenous history is not as prominent as it is in other Latin American cultures or even others just in Central America. Today, Costa Rica is strongly shaped by its Spanish influences as well as Catholicism. But some influences still remain and some tribes are still populating Costa Rica to this day. Costa Rica has been inhabited as far back as 5,000 years BC, over 7,000 years ago by indigenous people. There were many migrations and influences from the Aztecs of Mexico to the Mayans and the Incas of Peru. The native population was small compared to the vast pre-Columbian civilizations found throughout Central and South America. In fact, some historians argue that the present culture of this country was primarily founded upon these more dominant indigenous cultures. You see evidence of the indigenous influences and arts and crafts available throughout Costa Rica in the form of handcrafted ceramics, ornaments, and jewelry. The most extraordinary and exotic artifacts left by Costa Rica's ancestors are the astonishing stone spheres found near Palmar Norte and Palmar Sur in Corcovado. Be sure to Google that, Costa Rica's stone spheres. You're going to love what you read about that. The most prominent indigenous tribes are the Bribris, the Borucas, the Cabecares, the Huaytares, the Malicus. Malucus <laughs> and the Chorotegas. Excuse me, this is a gringo who's been learning Spanish for about 15 years now and I still can't pronounce a lot of the names. I apologize. I want to go through those again. The Bribris, the Borucas, the Cabecares, the Huaytares, the Malecus, and the Chorotegas. As with most native tribes, their numbers are dwindling as their traditions and lands are usurped by modern societies. The few remaining members of these tribes are trying to hold on to their customs and old way of life, although this is getting harder to maintain and they live in small villages in remote regions of the country. But luckily, rights for the indigenous people have been put on the agenda and tourists can support them by visiting their villages and their tribes. If you ever have a chance, just Google spend a night with an indigenous people in Costa Rica, something like that, and you'll be able to spend a night or two in a village and they put on a show. They show you exactly what life used to be 5,000 years ago in Costa Rica. It's really interesting. Cost about 60 bucks. Really nice. The food is excellent as well. The discovery of Costa Rica as the story goes, Christopher Columbus landed on a small island located by Limon in 1502, and he discovered Costa Rica. Well, that may please Spanish historians, but it is not actually what happened in this episode of Costa Rica history. In 1502, Christopher Columbus arrived at Limon being lost. Costa Rica already existed. It was here all along at Costa Rica discovered Europeans in 1502. Let's put it that way. Limon was uh, quickly abandoned in favor of the Central Valley, however, partially due to the heat and humidity. The indigenous cultures 
fled to the Talamanca mountain ranges where they remain to this day, a little bit further south. In 1522, the colonists named the land Costa Rica, of course meaning rich coast, in the hope that they were going to find gold in the hills, which they didn't. When it became apparent that the rich coast was poorer than its neighbors, the colonists switched their focus to agricultural development. Banana and coffee plantations, let's talk about that a little bit. As the landowners were quite poor and isolated from the Spanish colonial centers of Mexico, Guatemala, and the Andes, and because there were very few indigenous labor forces to help, the first Costa Rican settlers soon turned into an autonomous and individual agrarian society. By the beginning of the 19th century, the cultivation of bananas brought in a lot of wealth, and coffee, of course, soon followed. While settlers were cleaning land and clearing land also for coffee plantations in the late 1800s, they happened upon an archaeological site that remains one of Costa Rica's most famous ones today. The Guayabo National Monument is shrouded in mystery to this day, but does reveal the existence of an ancient society of some sophistication. I'm going to spell that for you. G-U-A-Y-A-B-O. The Guayabo National Monument. Be sure to Google that. At its peak, around 10,000 people used to live in this ancient city. It is believed that the first settlers came to these parts around 1000 BC and had created a bustling city by 800 AD. Why they disappeared is still unknown. The most important part of Costa Rican history is as follows. Achieving independence was one of the most important events in Costa Rica history. Unlike many of its neighbors, however, the Ticos managed to do it without bloodshed or revolution. While this fact is certainly a blessing, it does not mean that it was a simple process. In fact, they had to win their freedom not once, but two times. In the first round, they broke free from the rule of Spain. In the second round, they achieved full independence within Central America. The freshly earned independence and road to democracy was to receive a couple more blows before reaching total stability. The first came in 1855 with the arrival of William Walker. Listen to this. Most of us have heard of self-declared 19th century commander William Walker, but we don't always know the details of his relationship to Costa Rica, his ambitions to turn Central America into slaving territory. The president of Costa Rica at the time of William Walker's arrival Juan Rafael Mora brought together a makeshift army of peasants to fight the much more heavily armed enemy. Walker and his army invaded the Guanacaste province, the province, excuse me, at the now Santa Rosa National Park and the Costa Rican army expelled and followed them to Rivas, Nicaragua. It is here that the enemy made their mistake. Walker and his army took protection in a wooden fort the young Juan Santa Maria bravely volunteered to burn down the fort. By the way, of course, Juan Santa Maria is the namesake for the Juan Santa Maria International Airport just north of San Jose. The act alone turned the young Juan Santa Maria into a national hero, and he's also still celebrated annually 
not sure what date that is, but you can look that up. Costa Rica and its road to democracy. These events were followed by an era of peace and prosperity until 1917, when in two years, General Federico Tinoco Granados had power as a military dictator. Later in 1948, Jose Fijeres started a civil war in which 2,000 people died. The war lasted 44 days and was the bloodiest event ever to take place in Costa Rica. The victorious junta, however, resulted in a constitution that gave way to free elections with universal suffrage and the total abolition of the army. Figueres became a national hero when Costa Rica disbanded its army in 1949, and since that day, Costa Rica has been investing in education, natural heritage, and developing strategies for supporting workers' rights, among other things. Hey, that's just a brief history of Costa Rica. Hope you found it interesting. And you're invited to listen to our other over 2,000 episodes of our Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle podcast series. We're found on all major podcast venues iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Apple and the Google podcast platforms as well, Podchaser, Podbean, all the others. Simply Google our name, we'll show up for you. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you heard today, please share on social media. We'll see you tomorrow.